everybody, and welcome to episode 500 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast, presented by Overdrive. Didn't have to look at the number this time. I knew what it was. This is Adam, joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. It took us 500 episodes, but we've both got fancy microphones now. We do. <laughs> at our houses, specifically. Like, we at have our- fancy microphones yeah. at the office, we should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took us a long time. So if you stuck with us for five years, now we're going to sound great no matter where we are. In theory, uh, yeah. In, in theory. Yeah, it's okay. So this is our 500th episode. Um, we're still efforting for the big author thing that we wanted to do, but uh, it's the holidays and publicists don't always get back to us immediately, which is okay. Um, so that might still be coming in the future, but uh, we're, so for people who might not, have listened for five years with us yeah um 500 episodes is a long time so we just made like a google doc of a bunch of memories and we're just gonna kind of talk through them mm-hmm. um we put all the, we'll put all the episodes in the show notes to reach these things and we'll say them now and like let you know for most of them like what book we're talking about so that it, there will be book recommendations here just sort of Yes, um, there will be. But yeah, I don't know how long we'll go or how short we'll go. If looking at the list, I feel like we'll probably talk for a while. Probably. Um, yeah. But it's our five hundredth episode and we're feeling nostalgic. So we're just gonna talk about some fun things that we've experienced. Um Indeed. Indeed. Before we well, do that, so... oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You can do your thing. I was just gonna say do you want to tell people how they can get a hold of us yeah. if they don't remember. Uh- if you don't remember, you can um, go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. And um, from there, you can get all of our social links. We are on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. And you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Actually, you should do that. You should email us your favorite things. We should have done this had we planned ahead, which we never do. <laughs> which we talked about last week. You should email us your favorite things over the past 500 episodes of the podcast. I agree. That would be lovely. Please do that. And let us know if we missed anything. Mm-hmm. Which we probably did because oh, it's 500 yeah. episodes. There's so many. Yeah, this podcast would be like six hours long if we were like, here are all of our favorite memories. Sometimes there are authors I forget that we interviewed. 100%. Are you kidding me? All the time. Um, before we get into all of like our favorite memories, though, you wrote something on our list that I... I want to let you say, because I'll give you credit for writing it down, because I cer- certainly didn't remember to think about that. Well, I should start. I feel like, you know, I'm sure we've talked about before, but I don't know how recent it's been exactly how this podcast came to be, which sort mm-hmm. of ties into what I had written down. I started at Overdrive in July of 2015. I was um, a on the uh, collection development. I helped libraries um, and librarians, you know, buy books whatever and I think I'd been here for like six weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I went up to you and I was like we should have a podcast I don't even know if we'd ever had a conversation before we must have because um but I was like you're that guy's on the marketing team and he (laughs) seems like he'd be down for this (laughs) and uh, yeah yeah well, our justification was that you once upon a time did a podcast uh, for running. I did. 
And so you're like, I mean, I've got a microphone and I know how to set it up. And you knew how to use um, Libsyn, which was our, what ended up being our um, hosting channel. But yeah, you asked me and then like, I'll let you kind of give the, the shout out, but we just kind of went to what is now both of our directors and asked. Yeah. So um, the first thing we wanted to sort of talk about is like a memory, I guess is probably the best you know how about this it's like thanksgiving so we're thankful i think Mm -hmm. i actually put that um a just sort of like a general appreciation for the fact that when we went to our directors and we're like we're gonna start this podcast and they're like cool go ahead yeah Yeah, they're just like run with it they're just there's like all right run with it and Mm -hmm. i think you know I think that speaks a lot to the company culture in general, I have noticed, mm-hmm. um, is that when people have ideas, uh, you know, the company is usually very supportive and this is going to sound super weird. Just go with me. I think we work somewhere where it's okay to fail sometimes, like to try something mm-hmm. and, and fail, um, and, you know, figure out how to do it better the next time. Luckily that well, our first few episodes were terrible sound wise. So we had to work with that, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, our company was just like, yeah, cool. Go ahead. And have been super, super supportive of the podcast over the past five years for which I am very, very grateful. Yeah. And I definitely do a thing. I, I overthink everything, but I definitely do a thing when related to our company, we're like, when, uh, every once in a while they ask for like, Hey, can you give some highlights of like the things your like your respective teams are doing? Um, just to, so that we can do shout outs at like company-wide meetings or executive leadership meetings. And I like rarely, if ever think to be like, Oh, well, here's a big thing we've done on the podcast. Or like, here's a huge author we've done. Or like, here's a milestone we hit. I never think of it. And then, but like without fail at all of these company-wide meetings, someone will like like there's a guy named Jeff Sterling who is our chief technology officer, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. And he'll like code our podcast into some of his like trial things that he's playing yeah. around with. And it's just like they have like from the get-go because I'd like to think when people listen now and we get reviews about it and it makes me really happy. Like people say how well we do interviewing authors, which is very sweet to say, but like we just started doing that because for a while we were doing a couple of podcasts where like we would just have our coworkers on. And one day I, I think I talked to you and then I talked to Alexis, who was um, kind of like the manager or the director of our like publisher services team. And I was like, we have access to all these publishers. Can I, can I have guys ask if authors will come on the podcast and much like everyone else in the company, she's like, go for it. And publishers are just like here are people do you want to talk to that like marika kneecap was the first person who came out we'll talk about it a little bit later but like when i say publishers have also just been super on board and we'll thank a bunch of them like individually throughout um the 28th episode of this podcast is me interviewing james patterson in new york city because i just kind of asked and Peng and random house was like he's here for this event if you want to come talk to him and then I talked to David my director and I was like I go to New York City and he's like sure so like I had no I was talking to the most successful author in the world and it was probably like my 15th author interview ever and I was terrified I was like Mr. Patterson and he was like you can call me Jimmy I was like no I can't (laughs) nope no freaking way can I do that I'm like 
it was just like people have always been super supportive and so nice and like that same trip it was the first time i'd ever been in new york city and in the same day i got to interview james patterson and then i met brad Meltzer, who like a is extremely successful and has come on the podcast a bunch of times but also he's just like genuinely a friend now and i got to do those two things within like an hour and a half of each other so like yeah just, everyone has always been so on board and i don't know if it's just because there's not a ton of author interview podcasts And now we're going to take a quick break for a word from this week's sponsor. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is the one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? That's me. Headspace has wind-down sessions that members swear by, and for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Um, I wasn't joking about the falling asleep thing. That, that's something I've long struggled with, and the Headspace app has been really, really great with that. Before we got them as a sponsor, I, I literally tweeted out as myself. I was like, how does one relax? help. And like, I got all these friends giving me all these suggestions and the headspace app, the, the SOS ones are really great. Those quick three minute ones, but really for me being able to have the wind down sessions and help me fall asleep has been really, really great. So that's, that's how I use headspace. You deserve to feel happier and headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash PBN. That's headspace.com slash PBN for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash PBN today. I, I think the moment that it sort of became clear to me like we had crossed some threshold of like us asking publishers you know in the beginning we had to sort of solicit author interviews and then um they started coming to us um and asking you know like pitching us basically we started Mm -hmm. getting pitched and I remember the day I got the email from Jennifer Weiner's publicist (laughs) pitching Jennifer coming on the professional book nerds I died I like died because I was like oh they're oh she's coming to us I don't even have to ask because she was on my list Mm -hmm. she's on my list to interview Jennifer Weiner I didn't even have to they came to me (laughs) so amazing and well there's even more to that Oh, there is. So I ended up interviewing Jennifer Weiner about her book, Mrs. Everything. Um, well, first, there were, okay, there's actually a very somewhat long story. So we got I, time. Ah, it's true. Um, I had put, I can't remember what order things happened. Like if, oh no. Okay. So I put on Twitter after I read Mrs. Everything, I put some like thing on Twitter um and i can't remember who somebody liked it i don't know whatever um somebody then from her publicist had like reached out and was like hey do you want to interview jennifer um yes please 
immediately. <laughs> but, and I think that in that somewhere they made the connection that I had put this Twitter review out there and they're like, can we use that Twitter review? <laughs> I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Let me blurb Jennifer Weiner's book for you. Not a problem. So then I interviewed her with a lovely conversation. Um, and I think like a couple weeks later, uh, she, Jennifer Weiner DM'd me and was like, I just realized that you wrote Running with a Police Escort. I loved that book. I'm like, I cannot talk right now. I have lost all function. My brain has <laughs> exploded. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we chatted a little bit. She's a runner. Um, you know, like like she's like she's slower. You know, she's not does not look like your typical runner. Um, and then I don't know, like a time has no meaning. I don't remember when this happened, but she had been, uh, you know, the New York times does this thing every once in a while where they talk to writers, artists, celebrities about books that they've been reading. And my book got a shout out Mm -hmm. by Jennifer Weiner in the New York times. So that happened. Oh man, I'm um, speaking of your books. I put this as a memory, and as it is for both of us. So, people, as you mentioned, you you've written a couple memoirs now, and the first one was you know running with a police escort, and was, it's episode seventy nine. Um, and I just want to say, like, it was to be sappy for a second. It was super cool to get to interview you because, like, and I've never even I should probably tell you this like in person, and there's a book, but who knows when I'll see you again. But like, so Jill and like I, I feel like we're both individually bad at like praising ourselves so I'll praise you like you are a person I look up to as a writer because you have this like diligence and like you set a plan to do something and you you do it when it comes to writing like you make yourself a plan and a spreadsheet and you put everything together and you say here's I'm going to attack it and it's publishing a book is something that I've always really wanted to do so like it's one thing to interview all these authors who I don't really know but like you are a person I've spent hours and hours and hours in small rooms together and working we literally in our office we literally sit directly like in front of and behind each other and so it was really cool to get to actually like pick your brain again for episode Mm -hmm. 79 but just like it was a really cool like that's a really cool thing we have our own podcast and we got to have like you as the special guest which was really awesome yeah indeed (laughs) that happened it did happen and then you also did one when I wasn't around, you sat down with Sydney for your second. But I don't remember. What you, I know you guys talked about. Um, we did. About your second one, which is reading behind bars. Correct. I don't remember if you talked about like prison library systems in general. I don't remember what you guys talked I, about. I, so yeah, it was sort of, I don't remember. That feels so long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of was, but not also. So, yeah. Um and on that, I mean, I didn't actually put this down because I forgot about it, but um, we go, well, sort of in general, like we get to travel for a lot for uh, this part of our job, which again, mm-hmm. is not our main job. We have other jobs. We have other jobs. <laughs> um, that do not involve podcasting. And yeah, somewhere along the line, we started traveling to shows. I feel like it in the beginning it was something we had to sort of ask permission for yeah and then all of a sudden they're like which one of you is going <laughs> it just became like mandatory like you're traveling it just, 
Yeah, it just became mandatory that one of us was going to go to ALA or PLA or midwinter. And then you started doing uh, like reader facing trade shows. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so, um, but I got to do a signing at ALA last summer, which was kind of bananas. That was so cool. That was definitely, that was another one of those like, proud friend moments like I ran I was interviewing someone and you're like hey I'm going to do my signing and like I finished my interview and like ran over I was like I'm taking pictures of Jill signing her own freaking book so it was so cool I remember at dinner that night um you know because we were traveling with co-workers and uh we were having our group dinner and one of our co-workers Ryan mentioned the something about the signing or the line and I was like I didn't even see uh-huh. you he didn't like stand in line I think he did yeah. the same thing he sort of stopped to take a look because people knew, you know, like everyone knew I was doing this signing. Um, and yeah, it, there were so many people I didn't even see Ryan there. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of that and like traveling and meeting these authors in person. So like one thing that they all have to do a lot of the times at these events, um, ALA, BookCon, all these different places, like these authors in those settings are like rock stars. And it's so funny to know someone as a person that like you've always admired and then have them walk over to the booth and like them like go to shake your hand and they're like hi I'm Aaron Morgenstern and I'm like yeah I know who you are and then like you get to spend time with them but there was an example of that um for episode 54 I interviewed Lee Bardugo here in Cleveland but like two months earlier I had been in New York City during BookCon and she like Lee Bardugo and she's like a, a freaking like queen at like book kind of stuff that she has lines of like a thousand people waiting for her to sign their, her books and all these things and I had seen if you've ever been to book con you've ever been to Javits Center in New York City um for an event they do these like like 30 foot posters and she every year has one for whatever her most recent her upcoming book is and so when I interviewed her a couple months later I was like oh my god I'm interviewing Lee Bardugo she's gonna have like this was like early on before I really realized that most authors we were going to interview don't really have like um, an ego. Mm-hmm. And so her publicist was like, this is going to sound weird, but can you interview her in her um, hotel room? And I was like, um, that's a little strange. And she's like, I'll be there. And like, well, if you, if you can keep the door open, all these things I was like, no, no, it's okay. It's fine. So I interviewed Lee, like she's like putting on makeup while I was talking to her. And then she gets done and she's like, Hey, I'm actually about to do an event at the library and they were going to come pick me up. But would you mind dropping me off? And I'm like, okay. So I put <laughs> Lee Bardugo in my beat up 2012 Ford Focus. And as we're driving over, she's like, this is going to sound like super last second. But like, will you do the event with me? Because I really like our conversation. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, two months ago, I saw a larger than life poster and like a line out the wazoo for you. And now you're just sitting in the front seat of my car. It was definitely one of those surreal experiences. I was like, oh man, authors live the strangest lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, you can just pick one of your, I know we've just got. Well, yeah. So actually uh, on the subject of traveling, um, you know, we have a lot of writers here who live in Ohio. Um, this one, this one kind of cracked me up. So, uh, I think it was, it was episode 326. I want to say it was the 2018 midwinter annual I don't even remember what show it was but um Emily Duncan who wrote Wicked Saints was there and um I didn't 
much about her prior to interview other than that she was from Ohio and um, also is a librarian, which is, again, there's like several. I could name several. So many, yeah. <laughs> so many librarian authors from Ohio. So um, I, you know, we do this thing when we meet authors for the first time because we don't know how much prep their team has given them. You know, we're like, are you familiar with Overdrive um, or the podcast? And so I'm like, you know, so she came to the Overdrive booth and um, we are uh, talking and I'm like, oh, are you, you know, are you? Oh, I, I, th- I think I said, I, you're a librarian. So I know that you're already o- familiar with overdrive. And she goes, I work with your sister-in-law. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I work. I work with your sister-in-law. That happened. That's and so, so <laughs> we're in Colorado. I mean, yeah. it just was. <laughs> Yeah, I and like I think it's still funny. It's still funny to me, and I like she and I have chatted about this. But like, it's still funny that I had to go to Colorado Mm -hmm. to interview her, and she works with my sister-in-law here in Ohio. Here in Ohio. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, (laughs) yeah, along those lines. So I don't remember which one it was, but it was we were in Chicago and we were both there. And this is a time where we will give a special shout out to a team. So um, when people see Penguin Random, Penguin Random House, they probably, they know it's the biggest publisher in the world. And they probably, like, this is just like getting back to like, there's so there's so few egos in publishing really, like when you get to meet these people. The Penguin Random House team, they have always been so sweet to us. And like, I know that from a library standpoint, we do help them out nominally, but like in the grand scheme of things, they do not need to make authors available to the two of us. They could make authors available to zero podcasts ever, and they would still be the publisher of the biggest books in the world. All that said, there are three special people there that we want to give a point out to versus Skip Die, who like, if you know who Skip Die is, he is so far up the ladder at Penguin Random House that he has he doesn't need to talk to us. And yet every time I see him, he hugs me and he asks me about my family and the house that I built. He remembers everything. He is such a sweetheart. And I can always, he's like the something, something senior president of something sales, something, he's something like way up there. So high up at Penguin Random House. And like, we'll just copy him on emails to ask questions. We'll be like, can we talk to so-and-so? And he will respond before anyone else to be like, Love this idea, team. Let's get this together. And so Skip is amazing. And then there are two special people, Hugo and Erica. Hugo, who I know listens to just about every podcast. Like they have gone above and beyond for us, like connecting us with authors. And this is a perfect example is when Jill and I were in Chicago, we were doing author interviews like we always do. And they were like, hey, Colson Whitehead and Matthew Desmond are both here they are getting their Pulitzer Prizes today. But before that, they're available. Do you guys want to interview them? And we we're both like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes please. please. So not only that, and like we usually do these interviews in the Overdrive booth, but because they're Colson Whitehead and Matthew Desmond, they kind of like didn't, I think they didn't want them on the ALA show floor, basically. I think, well, was I think what there was. was a party too. 
like yeah, in they, the building maybe was there a party in the building like a reception right. nearby yes. so they hooked us up with this conference room and for people who if it's episode 135 is colson and episode 171 is matthew desmond matthew desmond wrote evicted which won a pulitzer prize for nonfiction. colson whitehead is colson whitehead but we were talking to him about the underground railroad and so we're in this giant conference room and it's just joe and i sitting at the end and i think i don't remember which one came in first i think it was colson i think but, so but they and we like got like 45 minutes with them and like but they both walked in individually and opened the door and much like you said like we never know how much information they know to them we're just like an item on on the yeah. docket of list of things to do and they both walk in and look at us and we're sitting at the end of this like huge conference table like hello it is us, the professional book nerds. And like both of them were so sweet and nice, but like it definitely took them a minute or two to like warm up to the idea of like, why are we all in this giant room together? But like, it was the same day and we interviewed literally two people who were going to get their Pulitzer Prizes and just because just the ping around and mouse people are amazing. Right. And I think, you know, like we had picked, yeah, it was like some random, I don't know if it was a hotel or what it was. And yeah, we had a conference room. It was very bizarre. We had not, I mean, it was not bizarre, but it was just, it was an unlikely location for any of the other interviews we've done. Um, and we had picked the far corner of the conference room away from the door because we figured, yeah, the sound would be better. So yeah, they opened this door <laughs> and they had to like pop their head in and like look down this long conference yeah. table. And we're just like, hello. But I also think it's one of those things, you know, like in my mind, they they came alone as far as i know mm-hmm. like i think they were like directed to go there i've only oh God, i don't want to use the word handler but i only ever see authors with handlers on the show floor um if somebody is bringing them to our booth but for the most part a lot of and sometimes the authors yeah. show up on their own depending <laughs> on sort of it's always so funny whatever um i've i've had i'm like i'm not going to name names but i've had there be like miscommunication if you have like an interview first thing in the morning before uh-huh. the show floor actually opens. And so the publisher is in our booth. Like, I don't know where this person is. <laughs> and then the, but then the author shows up on their own because they couldn't get in early to go. <laughs> it was so, so bananas. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on that. Yeah. So uh, Hugo, who, yes, we've given shout outs. Hugo's usually also our book hookup. Um, when we yeah. get advanced copies, we should say we just sort of email yeah, Hugo and we're like, can you get us this? And most of the time he can. Um, but when we do these author interviews on the show floor, usually the person like their handler from the publishing house will drop them off at our booth mm. and then leave and either come back or I usually just take them back. Cause I don't know how, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. unless it's like a back-to-back situation, which sometimes happens, um, but back at midwinter, right? Or was it PLA? Wait, was this a PLA year? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it might have been PLA. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, like, no, back in the back in March, whatever, February. Um, this year. This year, I don't remember what show it was. It might have been PLA. Been, that had been PLA because I think I because I went to ALA and filled up. Okay, this so it's PLA. So PLA. Um, okay, well, first we should say that one day I was off work and you texted me and you were like, check our email. <laughs> like, okay. Um, because before these shows, uh, our friends at various 
publisher houses will email us a list of people who are going to be at shows. So Erica from Penguin Random House had sent us an email with a list of all the authors who are going to be at the show asking if there were any that we would be interested in. And one of the people on the list was Yaa Jesse, who wrote Homegoing, which if you listened to either my interview with her, which is episode 477, or our best books of the decade episode, mm. Homegoing was my absolute favorite book of the decade. It's like one of my absolute favorite books in general. That's incredible. And so Yaa Jesse was going to be at uh, PLA with her book, Transcendent Kingdom. And did we want to interview her? Yes, please. So I get there. So it's, uh, we're at PLA and um, Hugo brings Ya Jesse over and Hugo wants to stay for the interview because in all, like in five years of doing this and now 500 episodes, Hugo had never sat in on an interview before, mm-hmm. uh, one of our interviews, and he knew that I was like major fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, sure, you can watch me interview you, Jesse." <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It just—he's like, "Can I stay?" I was like, "I don't care, whatever." <laughs> yeah. Well, ah, uh, well, that the okay. So the fangirling thing reminds me of two that we did together over the phone. Um, which is the first thing I have on here is. For our 105th episode, we interviewed George Saunders. And for our 412th episode, we interviewed Lois Lowry. And both of those things were over the phone. And they are like two of the most impactful, important writers ever. Like, and I just remember both of like, I wish there was a camera in our podcast studio so that everyone could look at us both like just mouth agape looking at each other like George Saunders this is and like both of them again just like getting back to the authors just being normal amazing people George Saunders was sitting in like a hotel bar and we're like well we don't need to we don't want to keep you and he's like no I got nothing but time you guys are fine just however long you want to chat and he told us that writing he had taken him we were interviewing him for Lincoln and the Bardo his first ever novel and we're like why did you wait so long to write a novel you're George Saunders he's like because he all before I'd written exclusively short story collections. And he's like, I didn't think I was good enough to write a novel. And I was like, Jesus, you're George Saunders. But like, just hearing his answers. And then Lois Lowry wrote The Giver and Number of the Stars. And and just like, we were both a little nervous. And it was, again, it was episode 412. Like, we don't get nervous very often, but I feel like we were both a little like antsy. And she was sitting watching, <laughs> she was watching, um, she was, she was knitting. And she was watching the impeachment trials and she's like, but I, you've got my full attention. That's and right. she ta- she told us stories for like an hour and we were both just like, had like, sorry for the language. We had like shit eating grins the whole time, just listening to her. And like, I feel like we were both like fanning out at both of them, just losing our minds. Well, and I think also, you know, it's hard, like if you, you know, I have friends who know I do this podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them are super big readers though. Yeah. If you went through public school education, you know the name Lois Lowry. <laughs> that, I mean, and probably yeah. private school education too. I don't know, but you know, like you would have read The Giver or you would have read Number of the Stars. Like you, you know those books. That is an author you know, even mm-hmm. if you don't read that much as an adult. And so, 
And I have friends who are teachers, like English teachers, mm-hmm. um, and me being able to be like, yeah, I interviewed Lois Lowry. And yeah, they don't really know what to do with that information. <laughs> Wasn't it? We have a friend, Kate. We, both, we have a mutual friend who I think she like, even tweeted. She's like, I know people who interviewed Lois Lowry. So I'm counting myself as like famous or something. She said something Yes, hilarious. it's a lot like that. And yeah. that like, and I think Lois Lowry in particular is the one that really... Mm-hmm. Um, because again, even if you are not a big reader as an adult, or if you, you know, read authors who don't appear in the podcast, chances are, you know, the name Lois Lowry and you have read one of her books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, two others for me that were very much like that is, um, Mikel Jolet, which was episode 447 earlier this year. And then Ben Folds, which is episode 377. Um, Mikel Jolet is the lead singer of the Airborne Toxic event and Ben Folds is Ben Folds, uh, of Ben Folds fame and Ben Folds five. I grew up listening to, to their music. Like Ben Folds was literally one of those bands that my older brother taught me about. And like, I just have always listened to them. And so getting to interview them, that was one of those moments where like, when I tweeted it out, I was like, Hey, and shout out to um, my lifelong pseudo big brother, Chris Casper, who helped set up the Ben Folds thing. But like getting to tweet out like, Hey, I, I interviewed Ben Folds for 45 minutes and like seeing all the tweets from my friends be like, ex excuse me like I was definitely those are two of those moments where like getting to talk to musicians who you've loved all, all my life and then having them tell me like what books they re- read by like Toni Morrison was just like those are some great those are good stuff that's good thing yeah that um for the interview that will be coming up this upcoming Monday <laughs> that I did it was very similar it's from um I mean I guess I can tell you so it's Rachel True from uh she was in the craft. She played Rochelle. She also is a tarot reader and she has a new tarot book and deck out um, called the true heart intuitive tarot. And I'm a tarot reader, which if you watched our live thing with Ryan Lasala, you know, um, and so I got to talk uh, tarot with Rachel for like an hour and it'll be Monday's episode. But when I tell people, I'm like, yeah, Rachel true from the craft. I had a lot of those same reactions. Yeah. Well, and that was also another one where like you sent me a message afterwards. You were like, oh my God, that was, this. that was so much fun. And yes. she was an overdrive fan. She's a huge overdrive fan. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're like every once in a while, like I, we didn't even put this on our list, but um, Andrea Barber who played Kimmy Gibbler was on our podcast and like adored us. And we like, she was, she's read your book afterwards. And it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's so much, and I, I always laugh when, like, we we get some publicists who just, like, we get put on their list and they send us things, mm-hmm. and then there's other publicists who are much closer to us, like, a special shout out to Margaret from Sourcebooks, who has been, like, our number one fan since day yes. one, and she has made everything available to us and just the best, um, but, like, Margaret knows, okay, these are the types of books I'm going to send to Jill, these are the types of books I'm going to send to Adam, and then we all, like, we get other random ones where it's just, like, we're just on their list, so I got the, like, just the random like not spam, but like generate list generated email being like, Hey, Rachel true. She has a tarot book. And I was going to be like, Oh, they meant to send this one's for Jill. This was a Jill one. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. Um, let's talk about live events. Yeah, we bit. probably should. Yeah. So again, a little bit of background. We live in Cuyahoga County in Ohio and Cuyahoga County public library is like routinely wins like library of the year um from library journal and they're just an exceptional 
wonderful library system. We're very lucky and very fortunate to have them in our backyard. And several years ago, I knew that they were like I saw we would get we get these emails from them. That's just like, hey, here's the authors that are coming to town, like just as um, patrons of the library, just like if you want to go to these events. So I reached out to them one day and I was like, hey, we do a podcast in your backyard and we work at Overdrive. Can, we would love to work with you. And we had a meeting with them and they were like, yeah, we'll keep you in mind. A lot of times there's authors that come in and they don't want to just stand up on stage by themselves. So would you be into like doing it in conversation with them? And again, this was like when we were in our like double digit number of episodes and we're like, absolutely. That would be so much fun. And like the first or second one they sent us was Jody Pico. And we were both like, what? Yeah. Hold on. What? So that was episode 64. It was for um, Small Great Things was the book that we, like, that was one of those moments where, so they have this, uh, like, a auditorium that has, mm-hmm. I think it seats 500 when it's fully, like, decked out. Yeah, it's like four or 500, and then they have an overflow room, yeah. which is like 200, I yeah. think. So for Jody and a couple others we've since then, which we're talking about, they the overflow room was also full and they were doing like a stream of it and i remember sitting on the stage and like that was really one of the first times like we were interviewing her and like we had prepared our questions ahead of time which we try to do for those live ones just to be safe and like we were asking her questions and she was giving really good responses and i could tell that she was really engaged with us and like that was like one of the first times where i was like oh we're okay we're pretty good at this Mm -hmm. but like just a huge shout out to bill kelly and county public library for being like yeah, you guys have a podcast? That's cool. Do you want to sit down in front of 700 people? Like, it was just like a, go for it. No problem. Yeah. 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 And then the before times, we would get emails from them too. Like, these are authors coming. Um, would you like to interview them yeah. live on stage? So, And if not live on stage, sometimes we interview them at the library anyway. Yeah. yeah. Which is also fun because they're about to do a live thing. And then we're just like sitting in the equivalent of like a cafeteria room with them. Pretty much. Great. Um, so we've done a bunch of them, but what was like, maybe what was something you remember about the live events or like one that jumped out for you? Well, Justin Stanley who wrote, um, everybody yoga, uh, love her. And yeah, they reached out to me, um, because of my book writing with a police escort, I guess like when she was on her book tour, they, the, the publisher, um, which I think is workman was trying to set up these sort of conversational events with local, um, writers or I think it was writers within the communities of where she was going. And so, yeah, they, um, they emailed me and asked if I wanted to do it. And yeah, so I'm just like on stage talking to Justin Stanley about yoga and being, you know, like being fat and active and just like really amazing things. Um, so that was episode number one, 26. And I think Elvis Duran was also a really fun one that, yeah. And I, party. and I think, I, and I had this moment, it was like a party, but in terms of like how good we actually are, this is not like a humble brag. It kind mm-hmm. of is though. But, um, I have a friend who works for iHeartRadio and she was at that event, um, for Elvis Duran. And she told me later, she was like, that's the first time I've he's he wasn't able to turn it on you like he's not used to being interviewed and so he usually tries and turns it around and you didn't let him do that (laughs) he even i think she might have told you like that he does like to do that ahead of time because like we had that knowledge 
because on stage he tried he tried to ask us a question like i remember because he was again he's just he's like the number one guy in radio in the country and he had no ego he was so fun he was so sweet he was joking around with us we got to bring our pr specialist who's like his biggest fan to meet him and interview him ahead of time like on stage he did he tried to like ask like you or i a question and i was like no 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 you don't get to do that that. yeah 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 and that was that was another one where like it's it's so funny the tone of the conversation is obviously based on what the book is and that one like he wrote a memoir and he's elvis duran and so everyone that was in the crowd was an elvis duran fan so it was like a like hooting and hollering like it was a literal party it was so much it was yeah there was also i mean i we've talked about it a billion times we had alan coming like he was a person where he was so sweet to us like i think there's a level of fame where like when you're in someone's presence you're just like oh my god yeah and so do you want to talk about like backstage before we did the interview so it's Alan coming. He's kind of a busy guy, you know? And so depending, so these events, these live events can go a couple different ways. They usually is a signing involved um, after the event, but mm-hmm. Alan was also in town to do his show, his like live one man show or whatever, yeah. downtown Cleveland immediately. Like he was like leaving immediately from the event, the interview to go do that. So he was pre-signing all of the books and then the people, when they came in, um, they would check in, they would get the book and then they could go sit down. So he was pre-signing. Um, there's a lot of books. So we like, we walk in there, <laughs> we walk in there and it's just, it's not a very big room, like Mm-mm. their green room or whatever. Usually it feels big enough. And it's, it's like a, like a little catch kitchenette type thing. I think it's like a break room. Um, and he's just like surrounded by books yeah signing so fast and we're just trying to stay out of the way <laughs> like huddled in the corner we yeah, are we're like huddled in the corner and we're like hello <laughs> hi well, but we're like at a certain point because we were just like quietly sitting because like normally they bring us quote unquote backstage like we have like a half hour with the author just kind of like build a rapport and get to know each other and like it just makes for a much more warm and enjoyable conversation on stage but with alan he was doing and like we were just sitting standing there silently and he looks over us like do you have any questions for me and we're both like no no alan you sign you sign your books yeah um yeah he signed like 500 books in like i don't even know how long it was there it was amazing um along those lines of like oh like weird pre-stage thing so lee child was our 71st episode and uh we did it at cuyahoga county same thing it was live and the night before he was at the cincinnati public library and they don't do a ton of events like this but i don't know how it got set up but like they knew that we oh i remember my brother was working at overdrive at the time and he was their account manager and they somehow it came up and he was like you know my brother co-hosts this podcast I bet he would drive down. He like volunteered me to drive down to Cincinnati for one night. Sure. And, and um, if he, if Lee would like to have someone do an interview conversation, then they're like, he does prefer that. So I said, okay, I'll go down and I'll do this interview. And then we like found out a day or two later from Kyle County Public Library. They're like, hey, great news, guys. Lee Child's coming next week. Do you want to do an interview? We were like, sure. So I drove down to Cincinnati 
and interviewed him. And then I told him at the end of the event, I was like, Hey, it's me and my co-host Jill tomorrow. They will be the same questions. I'm not, we're not rewriting them for 24 hours from now. And so I drove four hours down and four hours back. And then the next day I asked him, I was like, how was your traveling? He's like, it was great. I slept in the back of like a businessy, like fancy car, but Cincinnati put us in this like bingo hall, just the two of us sitting in this like wooden bingo hall in the middle of this giant cavernous room. And he walks in and we're just sitting there. It's like stormy. It was a very like moody, like Agatha Christie night. And we're quietly sitting there. He's not being very chatty. And I was like, so how's everything going? And like, he told me I could talk about this whenever I wanted to. I was like, how's everything going? And he's like, oh, I found out today my, my dad passed away. And like the air of all of my lungs left. I was like, uh, <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, we weren't that close. And then he was sitting there quietly. And I was like, how does one have a conversation now? And it was like 20 minutes of us having the most awkward. Ch- and he was so nice. And he was so nice the next day. But like, I was just sitting there staring at him like, um, Mr. Child. Also, he's like six foot five. He's a very, very tall. tall. But, yeah. Very tall. Um, other, other unusual pre-interview things. There was a time you went to melt and had grilled cheese. <laughs> With Marika. Marika. I kept thinking like, this is a thing we should do all the time. Why don't we have dinner with all of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be fair, like Marika, literally Marika Niekamp was the first person we've ever interviewed. And we've since interviewed her like, I don't know, six or seven times. And every time one of us is at an event that we know she's there, like we go talk to her and she's just, she's a friend. Like she's genuinely a friend. Say so when she was here, they're like, where do you guys want to take her to dinner? We were like, what? So we went to this guy, this Cleveland place called Melt. We did. Which you're not familiar with, giant grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, that was so much fun. Yeah. That was but they, I miss, I miss those events at Cuyahoga County. And I know that obvious reasons why we're not doing it right now, but just like sitting at the, like the people we've sat down, like Jojo Moyes, mm-hmm. um, Greg Isles told us a story about Stephen King that we're not allowed to retell because <laughs> had their buddies about yeah. their band, but just like, I don't know. Um, were there other things that you, you were thinking of? I don't think so. Did I have anything written down? I don't think so. I think that might have been all. Um, The one thing I will say is we've always been like, we've never been overtly political or anything because we're a book podcast, but also we're a book podcast that works at a library company. And I I think just like how we interact, it's very obvious, you know, our beliefs on things. So I was very proud this year that like we, in the summer we're like you know we're gonna do an anti-racist reading list and we're gonna do a books by trans authors and like the response we got for those was so nice and like yeah i feel like it really gave us confidence to keep pushing and doing those types of things which is really nice especially from publishers like i had publisher contacts reach out about those and say that like not a lot of companies were really doing that sort of thing yeah yeah so that and then you just had like one more thing on here um like when we're at events and stuff and librarians come up and say hello to us and like that they are fans and they know the podcast and just like the general reception from like the start of like librarians being on board and like promoting the podcast in their libraries and just it's a super cool I I, I used to joke that I'm librarian adjacent because I'm not an actual librarian I didn't go to school but I've been at Overdrive for 10 years now so I feel like I can like really hammer that home so like it's just like such a the library, the library community is just like the best community to be a part of 
So, well, yeah, because when we're working for when we're doing these shows, we're we should I we should clarify when we go to these shows, it's not our main job there is not to interview the authors. It's <laughs> yeah. to actually work the overdrive booth, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so. And then fitting in the author interviews where we can in the schedule. Um, and so we are there like with all of our colleagues in like overdrive branded clothes. And um, unless someone actually is familiar with the podcast, they probably aren't going to be like that person. I know that person. Mm-hmm. I do think sometimes when we start talking, if I'm doing presentations, it clicks with people. But I have been standing just like at the booth and someone's like, are you Jill from the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, yes, I am. Thank you. Hello. Delightful. I think she's so happy. Um, so yeah, I, we'll get back to like Jill said, you know, there's, we have an author interview on Monday and we'll figure out something for Thursday. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to sign up for our event with Marie Benedict, which is also happening next week. Um, I think next week. Yeah. On Thursday, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday December 3rd, a little week from today. So we'll put a link in there and sign up for that. We're gonna talk about her new book all about Agatha Christie. Um, but yeah, it's, we'll get back to normal podcast, but we just, we figured this would just be a fun way to like, think about all the things that we've gotten to do. So anything else you want to say, Joe? No, I don't think so. Okay. I hope we sounded good with our new microphones and I hope you guys enjoyed this. uh, (laughs) Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com.